Hello and welcome to the Two Bearded Men podcast. Me, Alan. And me, Gary. Now, the format of this show is... We go and research something over the course of a week and then we come together and discuss. And without further ado, over to Gary. Okay, well, uh, my subject for this week, uh, which caught my eye anyway, is healing materials. Now, this is nothing new, really. I mean, uh, over generations and generations. Healing as in healing the human body or healing... Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, I can see where you might have got confused no it's not a case of uh, cutting a mat and it heals itself or a yeah. windscreen no this is uh, helping the body heal or the skin to heal <clears throat> so uh, this is uh, something that uh, Dr. Ben Armquist from the Imperial College of London good effort <laughs> yes <laughs> I can see that I can't even read your notes <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he uh, created I think a new molecule uh, it changes where the material works with the body so this he molecule is called uh, traction force activated payloads so what this does it's um, it's intriguing yeah go on tell us what it does yeah so it's uh, it's shaped into like segments and it clings tightly to proteins and cells grab on it creates a handle and then cells grab hold of the handle and then uh, attach the opposite ends to collagen and it crawls through this network to sort of pull tight and create the healing effect or well what it actually does is um, it activates the healing proteins within the body. All right, so it basically it's like um, bring a foreign body in you and then your body reacts by healing it. Yeah. Does it actually stay in you then or does, is that it? You know what I mean? Have you got these well, what things in you all the time? It didn't actually uh, tell you the end result, but I would imagine that as the healing proteins come out and create that healing effect, it's just like anything that's uh, left on the skin, it just gets pushed out and, you know. Like a big splinter. Yeah. I actually went to a, well, can't, what was it? It was like coffee evening at Waterstones where, where they have a science talk and they had a researcher from Aberdeen University whose name escapes me. I even, couldn't even remember the name of Waterstones and <laughs> Kathy Sci-Fi, that was it. Now I've remembered. And she was dealing with regeneration of nerve tissues and stuff and, yeah. how, and she explained how the body heals. Basically, big, mag- uh, big magnet, big battery. Mm-hmm. And what she said, if you cut yourself, you, I'll get this the wrong way around, but if you cut yourself you're positively charged but when you cut yourself it's negatively charged right. and that's how the body knows to send things to that area and they're doing lots of experiments on uh, some animal I can't remember the name of basically yeah, this this organism I won't call it an animal had a lot of stem cells so you cut its tail off and it'll grow another one right. or you cut its head off and it grows another head which is handy mm. you know because I don't like this head I've got a headache I'm going to cut it off and grow another one uh, that big yeah, yeah you could benefit <laughs> from that and um, what they find that if they change them, put it basically wire it up to a mag to a battery, and they cut its tail off and get the electricity going the other way. It grew two heads, <laughs> you know, or two tails. So it is proved that that, that is it. It's just a flow of electricity. Very interesting. But yeah, my concern about that is I do have concerns actually. They put stuff in you to help you heal. Yeah, great. But what damage does that do? Does it come out? Yeah, you know what I mean. Because there's this thing now about mesh mm-hmm. in causing a lot of damage and what. Well, that's it. It did. did uh, say at the beginning of this article about you know things like mesh and what have you which, uh, that it, it, it helps but it's not really working as good as obviously 
that people would like. Well, I hope it works because I've got mesh in me because I had a, an umbilical hernia and it was that bad. They actually sewed it together with mesh and what was supposed to be a routine operation when I ended up under for hours mm. and I woke up very ill Did and I got bed for a week. <laughs> for a week is all. Yeah. <laughs> a week before I could get out of bed. Yeah, well, you know, uh, stuff like that has, uh, I mean, this this article wasn't uh, all encompassing. So yeah, as the points that you just raised, it didn't sort of deal with that or, you know, it's obviously not finalised. But just like every other methodology that they use to try and help this, this kind of thing, it has its flaws and this probably does as well. Uh, but it also, uh, going on from that, uh, is adaptable to different types of uh, cells. So it could help in different types of injuries or um, uh, types of healing. So, so recovery from surgery and a broken leg. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, well, yeah. bring it on. I'm still waiting for uh, the Star Trek way of doing it, you know, when they inject you with the nanobots or whatever they are and they go around <laughs> they adjust and fix you. Now, that would be the way to go. Oh, it? yeah. Seen it up in the future. The nanobots get to AI and uh, self-aware and that's yeah. all. Well, you know, we'll just go exploring and, oh, they don't really need this. <laughs> Let's dig yeah. it out. Yeah. Is that is that part of him? No. Let's get rid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what mine is. Yes. My subject is. I shall tell you. Too sweet. California, insurance people have, oh, sorry, California have just legislated to not allow insurance companies to set costs on based on gender. Yeah. All oh, right. So. Is this, is this a, a problem then, obviously? Uh, well, yeah, because it's discriminating against, isn't it? Uh, what they're saying is they cannot use gender. It's not only gender as well. There's, uh, they're actually going on about how insurance companies pick, basically set your premiums because, as we all know, I've done it in, the, I've done it in this country. If you go on a website and put your job in, you say you're a doctor, you get a lot cheaper insurance than if you say I work on the roads or something like that. So they're saying it's discriminating against people, such factors that like if you've got a university degree and a so-called, uh, what do you call it, high-paying job, that you should yeah. pay less than somebody that doesn't have the education, doesn't make them a worse driver. Uh, but it's something I've actually been annoyed about for a long time, quite honest. The amount of money that the, the actual insurance companies take, I mean, we've got numbers here, auto insurers collected premiums of about $27.3 billion in 2017 in California. Just in California. Just in California. Yeah. So it's big money. Um, and I think, like, like this guy in this article, what they're actually doing, they're not setting insurance quotes or uh, levels uh, on risk. I think they're setting it on how much money they can make yourself personally. You know, they're, they're basically not. You can be uh, a road digger and be a better driver than a doctor, a lot less likely to crash. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody who doesn't drive a great deal get set a higher insurance premium and they've got less chance of crashing because they're not on the road. You no, know, but they're categorising people, you know, rich people are more are less likely to claim is what they're saying but basically they, 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 they're aiming the people at the people who make the most profit it's not a fair system you could you could sort of understand it if it's scientifically proven but uh, I suppose you could easily uh, tweak a, uh, anything I suppose to scientifically prove that you know pe- people well, yeah in this article here there was one little bit that uh, when the insurers were fighting back what they tried to say was that actually it's not true women do pay more for their insurance than men and which basically in this article said that amaze all the statisticians I always pick words I can't say <laughs> and also insurance companies as well because they know they charge men more than they charge men yeah charge men more than yeah. charge men no they charge men more than women uh, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they're saying women are, are better drivers but that's based on the fact they drive less well, I'm not getting into that discussion because uh, to be quite honest if it was in this house you know for a fact that the 
woman drives better than the man because I'm useless. <laughs> you know, what Michelle's had more accidents than me. There are more claims from Michelle she's a better driver than me. Because she so, drives more, probably. No, I wouldn't say she, she doesn't drive more. She just, can she hear me? Just crashes, <laughs> crashes more. <laughs> uh, when she crashes, she does it properly. Uh, I just yeah. generally hit a lamppost or two, you know what I mean? Uh, reversing uh, or uh, bump, bump her car park or something. Michelle actually does it when she's driving. Right. She actually does it when she's driving. Well, if you're going to do, do a job right, you know. Yeah, why not? Go for it. <laughs> Um, well, I know. Yeah, basically, it's just discrimination in in uh, that type. Of, it's discrimination in another in another form, isn't it? And it is. I agree. Just basically, so that they can earn money. If you got thirty thousand working class people, you charge them more, or you come up with a statistic that says that they're worse drivers. So I've got to charge you more. You're gonna get a damn sight more money off them than the five hundred doctors. You know, even mm-hmm. if all five hundred them crash, there's thirty thousand other people to get money from, and it's revenue. Look at them numbers, 23.7 billion. Don't know how much they have profit they make on that. Because I didn't actually, you know. A lot of it obviously goes back into the road network and stuff like that, or, you know. Well, you know, if they claim, they obviously they've got to put everything right, and they've got to fix it, so they've got cars to fix and any any other damage. Uh, like they said, they drive a knock a phone box down or something, they've got to put it back up and everything. Or some damage somebody's property, like we found out. You have to rebuild the wall, and it's never cheap. <laughs> no, no. It certainly wasn't cheap, the one we have to rebuild. Never mind, well, he said about that better. <laughs> No. But yeah, that was my subject for today: the inequalities in basically setting insurance premium. Yeah, it's not a it's not a new thing, uh, really, is it? But no, you, know, you would think that over a period of years that they might get better in the way they approach it. Yeah, well, it's it's, it's for everything as as well because it, it, discrimination. You, you can start going on about all the drivers now. Okay, all the drivers are just as likely to crash. Uh, say a middle aged driver. I'm not going to go down to a younger driver because that opens up all new kind of worms because when you're young you're invincible and have some of the things that we see but if that young driver just crashes into the old driver yeah. or the old driver pulls out in front of him or whatever it's still you know mm. they generally put it down to the young driver it's not always no. no it's not fair it should I actually believe that there should be a insurance policy a insurance premium and that's what you pay a level level it out it's because it's privatised it's just basically making money isn't it? and it, it's like everything else if you don't watch what you're doing and you don't chop around and renew it always goes up, doesn't it? Yeah. Have you ever noticed when you get your old claims discount, it goes down twenty five percent, but it costs the same as the year before. <laughs> yeah? yeah. It never changes. Mine's never changed. Mine has actually gone down. To be honest, it? Oh, yeah. changed. No, no, no I, I, I'm not changed. But um, it's <coughs> a, a long story. But basically, I for all my my I had sixteen years no claims that went down to zero all yeah. of a sudden. Yeah, I had nineteen years no claims, which is now at zero. <laughs> and uh, I've had to slowly claw that back. So I've got a few years in now. And it's sort of gone down yeah. back to what it was when I when I had the sixteen years. It only took a few years. To How get come you went that. from sixteen to zero? Um, I was back. I was in a um, supermarket car park, and I was backing out of the um, spot that I was in. And somebody went and drove into the back of me, and it was my fault apparently for pulling out into traffic. Why, right? <laughs> And that's it. And they it said, oh, well, you know, it's your fault. And I contested it, but it got nowhere. I said, how can it be my fault? If there's some, if a wall was suddenly built up in front of you, you would be expected to stop because you're supposed to be looking out for, you know, things in front of you. But no. But you lost. <coughs> I lost. And you know what? I bet the other guy lost and they never told you as well. I bet they put down as a knock for knock on a car park. So you both lost it. Well, So there we go. We're uh, talking about injustices and insurance. Uh, injustices, again, I had 19 years, no claims, and I know of zero. And that's because I have 
never had any accidents. I've had no accidents. I've no whatever. What I did wrong was I didn't renew my insurance. And if you don't renew your insurance for two years, in other words, I'm not insured because I don't have a car. Right. Yeah. So if you don't have a car and it's gone and it goes over two years, zero everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh. You haven't had a car for two years. I have been driving, but you haven't got a car, so therefore you're a, you're a massive risk again, apparently. So all oh, 19 years, and I've spent, I've even overpaid by protecting my old claims, so that if I did reverse it into traffic, I would have been protected for that as well. So I insured myself against that. So all the money they've had off me, I have cl- I'm not had that many claims, to be quite honest, because usually it's been my own stupid fault. What I've done, I've like say reversed into a holes you can't see. I think first time I cra- last time I crashed, it was a hole that a lot of people had driven into because it was bending over at 45 degrees and you couldn't <laughs> see it. Yeah. And I drove into it and I thought, what? Where did that come from? So I didn't even know it was there. And obviously, that's when I thought, next time I get a car, I'm going to get one where it was beaten and get close to things. <laughs> Uh, it, yeah. it does help yeah. so I don't claim for things like that and then like I say it's been 19 years since I've had a road accident and that road accident was caused by black ice mm. yeah. and that to me is what you have insurance for I was driving along the road it hadn't gritted they hadn't done anything it was a motorway I was going 70 miles an hour and consequently I wrote my car off because all I remember is I'm driving my engine noise went extremely loud and I looked down and my revs I was over revving because my wheels were spinning mm. and I was going 70 miles an hour going forward on a motorway wheels spinning and I thought oh no and I looked up and that were it next thing I saw I hit the barrier and it spun round and I saw the van behind me what was coming towards me as ah. I was going backwards and I spun round again and by a miracle I ended up on the hard shoulder and just stopped mm. and then sat there for half an hour thinking what happened <laughs> and then I nearly got killed while I was sitting there to be quite honest because the big van was coming along and it span and it missed me by about 20 feet went into the barrier and when I was in the actual police car itself uh, giving me details while he called for the AEA uh, somebody knocked on his window and said oh there's, there's three cars just spun and crashed there so as I was being towed off shut the road so the road wasn't safe but I laid it on saying look it obviously wasn't safe to drive on it but they just said no you're your fault so there goes my no claims because I didn't have one protected at that time but since then you know, that, that was fun that was it even made it worse because I broke down on the motorway I got out of the car went to the nearest phone on the motorway and they weren't working I thought well what do I do now <laughs> so I walked back to my car and I thought well, I'm going to have to get off the motorway and find somewhere to ring because obviously 19 years ago it's pre-mobile phone day, mm-hmm. and I was started walking I got about 10 yard and the police car came up behind me and I never heard him coming they put his siren on <laughs> now I just <laughs> I just had an accident and I was nervous as it was they did that behind me mm. Jesus yes. I nearly jumped to the other side of the road <laughs> yeah. I remember that it was definitely oh dear <laughs> but yeah anyway with that shall we call it on there yeah, we'll call it that. I think that'll be enough for me to edit when I ever edit it 18 minutes mm. so with that we'll call it on the vlog so it's a goodbye from me and a goodbye from me and we shall see you next time bye bye okay guys that is the end of our podcast for this week you have been listening to me me, Alan. And me, Gary. See you next time. Bye. Bye.